Welcome to another chapter podcast with your hosts, Claire and Rebecca. Do you love books? Well, you've come to the right place. Join us as we discuss all things books. Welcome to Chapter 5 and a huge Happy New Year to all of our listeners. When we sat down a few months ago to plan out our content, we thought it would be very fitting to start 2023 with a bit of reflection. It had been such a big year for us, starting a podcast being such an achievement for us both, but what did we accomplish within our reading goals? We know we chatted a bit about ourselves in Chapter 1, but allow us to self-indulge a little bit here and take a look back on 2022. Rebecca what was your reading year like in 2022? 2022 was a big reading year for me you know we kind of went into it in chapter one I got more books read this year than I ever did before I listened to vastly more audiobooks than I I'd say I listened to more audiobooks this year than I have ever you know put together um but even outside of that this was the year that I realized that I am a big fan of romance there are so many books within my favourites this year in general are ones that I think back on really fondly that are romance ones. And I've connected with a whole, you know, bunch of like minded people as well. So this was definitely the year of romance. Um, I also discovered that I like plague novels, which is kind of a oh. random one. Yeah. <laughs> Tell me more. <laughs> Um, someone, someone was doing, (laughs) someone started a kind of a read along group at the start of the year for, they called it the plague novel pals. Um, now I only managed to actually read a few of the books. I love, I love the hashtags on bookstagram. Um, I only managed to read a few of the books, but I realized that I really enjoy them. Now, obviously they are the kind of thing that you absolutely need to be in the headspace for, um, one of the books in my like top list this year, which we will talk about in a while, might not be the kind of thing you want to be reading when it's still kind of happening. But I've discovered like, you know, we'll think like Station Eleven, you know, that kind of a, a book, but much more yes. plague based. Um, audio like became my best friend, as I said, Um, but I also got to meet a lot of bookster friends in real life, which was fantastic. Oh, yeah. Uh, I obviously got to meet you, Claire, in Aren't person, so even though lucky. we have met before um, <laughs> in a past life. As I said, we went to events mm. in Waterstones with some of the other Cork Bookster crew. Um, we went to the Tired Mammy Book Club Christmas lunch. Um, I went to the Graham Norton launch above in Dublin. And just getting to meet people from this community in real life has been absolutely amazing. And hopefully there'll be a lot of a lot more of that next year. This year, I hit 1,000 followers on Instagram, which was huge oop, for me. Oop. Like, you know, I was saying in a previous episode that I just started this as kind of a a thing where like one night I was like, oh, it'd be great now to have that space to put up reviews and mm. etc. Not thinking for a second it would become something where, you know, even 50 people would be following me. But also I actually told like my personal friends in general some of my friends obviously knew that I was mm. kind of doing bookstagram 
but I told people in general so now you know I, I would share a lot on my personal Instagram about what I do in bookstagram as well which was a big step yes you know because they are so separate that it can be quite daunting just to put yourself out there for people that know you in reality um and then of course the podcast so this has been the biggest thing of 2022 by far and it has been so amazing to go into 2023 having four episodes under our belt for episodes that we are proud of that we are happy with that we could never have imagined being as well put together as what they are you know when we first had this conversation about the podcast yeah made last year you know um yeah so it's it's been it's been a year it's been a year and that's just the bookish end of things god (laughs) um what what was 2022 like for you Claire? So as I mentioned in chapter one, 2022 was when I joined Bookstagram and I that think that I have felt yeah. genuine. thank you, <laughs> I felt genuinely um, overwhelmed, I suppose, by the kindness that's in the community. And I know we've spoken awful lot about that before and anyone that's not on Bookstagram might think that we're... <laughs> you know away with the fairies or something but it is such a lovely lovely corner of the internet like the friendships that I've made just taking part in things like buddy reads like I never knew what a buddy read was beforehand and I've always been someone that's like tried to encourage people to read the same books around the same time as me so that I have someone to talk to about them um, and it just felt yeah. like, oh, my God, <laughs> this is amazing. So I feel like I've kind of found my <laughs> tribe, so to speak, um, this year, which is great. Um, so, yeah, I was invited to Andrea Mara's book launch, which was just class because I'd read her book and was so like enthralled by her skill as an author. I just I felt so starstruck to be asked to attend her book launch and then to meet her in real life and for her to know who I was was just like (laughs) it just felt so surreal it it really is and you know she's such a lovely woman and she's an amazing writer like if you have not read one of Andrea Mara's books you, you just need to press pause and go get one straight away because they are just phenomenal um my first one that I read by Andrea Mara, and I know I'm going off on a tangent, but was all her fault. I had a notebook where I kept track of who I thought was guilty, who I thought had done what and what I thought was going to happen. And I was completely wrong at the end. And it was just like, it was just such a good read. She's she's so skilled at setting you on the wrong trail. <laughs> it's brilliant. But yeah, so Sorry. Getting back to what I was meant to be saying, yeah, so I met Andrea Marr in real life, I met Catherine Ryan Howard in real life, um, which sounds, in real life, sounds ridiculous, but you know, these are people that you're following and that you're you're reading their work and it just seems so mental that you might actually have a conversation with these people because personally I've always dreamt of writing something um whatever that may or may not ever come to be it just I I really have such um respect for anyone that has achieved that already it's such a scary thing to think about doing that when I meet people that have done it I'm just like your class you know 
<laughs> I think you're amazing. Furious fangirling. So, so yeah, that um, that yeah, absolutely. Do you know, like I, I think people deserve an awful lot of respect. You put your heart and soul into, to writing a book, and do you know, like interviewing Catherine Walsh, like they're they're real normal people but to me i seem to put i put them on a pedestal i'm like you're amazing yeah go you yeah. <laughs> look at what you've done um yeah so they that was pretty big and then meeting people that i had obviously been talking yeah. to on bookstagram um in my messages and stuff has been fab setting up this podcast was great it was just a, a random idea and you know it it has just turned into something so so fun <laughs> um and then last year yeah last year it's so weird to say last year it was yesterday but yeah for us it was yesterday um last year yeah I read more than I had done in a long time and I feel like I got a little bit of myself back so yeah 2022 was pretty successful <laughs> in my books anyway excellent I yeah. think I think both of us feel really positive about our book journey or book you know, our bookish lives in 2022. Yeah. That's all, that's all, that's what it should be. Like, you know, I know we've talked about like reading more than we ever have, but like for some people that might be reading one book in the year. And yeah, if you read yeah. it all, I mean, if you're, even if you're just listening to this and you're not a bookish person, but even if anything we're saying or anything you were seeing online or I don't know, like the end of your summaries in the papers, you know, things like that. Or make you go, oh yeah, that actually sounds interesting. Like, fantastic. Let 2023 yeah. be that year for you, you know? Mm-hmm. So before we go into our own books of the year for 2022, you know, the favourites. Um, The Times, the Irish Times actually put up their best-selling authors in Ireland list in the last two or three days. If you would like to, to hear who they were. Absolutely. Might be some surprises, there may not be. Um, oh, I'm excited. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> okay, so the headline, and it's probably yeah. not a surprise necessarily. Mm-hmm. Colleen Hoover is 2022's best selling author in Ireland with four books in the top 10. So, all oh. top 10 books this year, she wow. wrote four of them. Yeah. Yeah. This was okay. definitely a, a year for her. I, I'm surprised that there are so many. Um, mm. But I suppose the, the the joys of having a back catalogue that is quite extensive. If people like one, they That's quite true. pick yeah. up another. Um, the sub headline then is Marion Keys Pips Graham Norton to have the year's best-selling Irish title. So that's that's nice to hear that it was that it was Marion Keys because. I suppose there was such immense pressure with again Rachel coming out this year that it would mm. do well because there's such a cult following for that Walsh series of books that she has. Yes. Um yeah. other ones, any guesses for what some of the other ones might be? Oh God, you're putting me on the spot. I don't <laughs> um okay, authors wise. This Prosecco is going to my head. Okay, wait now. I'm actually sitting here going, who could I guess now? So Colleen Hoover is in the top 10. She is top of the list. Second place, which I was surprised about to a degree, is Where the Crawdads Sing by Delia Owens. Not a new book, but 
the film did come out this year and oh, yeah. it has been put on the Leaving Star course, that book. Yes, so for the comparative. Both yeah. of those reasons, yeah, made it pretty big sellers for mm. this year. Um, Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid is third biggest selling book in Ireland. I haven't read that yet. Have you not? No, I haven't. Excellent. No. It's excellent. Yeah. I re- well, sorry. I really enjoyed it. Not everyone. Everyone didn't love it, but I think like people quite enjoy her books in general, but definitely have preferences for certain ones over others. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, Graham. So we've Marion Keys, Graham Norton. Seventh place, which would be one of my top ones out of it, is Claire Keegan. Small things like these, which oh I'm yeah, that was great. Yeah. Um, coming into it and the top just to finish at this then the top best selling Irish non-fiction book was Bono's autobiography okay which I haven't read have you read it Claire? nope no so instead of just talking about like our favourite book of the year because that is far too difficult to actually narrow down that much um, we've gone through a variety of different categories and try to pick our favorites from that then now there may be some that are recurring but if they are for you know they, they are there for good reason i suppose so we'll start with best fiction claire what was your number one fiction read of the year so my favorite fiction book of the year was take my hand by dolan perkins valdez she discussed the story of two black girls in America being sterilized without their consent and like I've really battled with trying to pick my favorite book of the year and there are these um kind of trackers that we share on bookstagram where we list out like our favorite book of the month and then you put like two months head to head and then you put like the winner is head to head essentially to try and pick your favorite book and I had Take My Hand and The Love Songs of W.E.B. Du Bois head to head and I just Take My Hand stands out to me. It's one that I, I can't forget. You know, I keep thinking about it. I think I keep going back to it and going, oh my God, that's just, it's mental. So yeah, that's that's my top fiction book. And it was lovely as well for Sinead to organise for us to actually meet the author um on our book club Zoom too and to have a chat with her about how she came to write the book and what it meant to her and stuff. So yeah, it was, it was a brilliant, brilliant read. So Rebecca, what was your best fiction novel of the year? I'm chuckling away here to myself because my fiction pick could not be more different from yours. I wavered back and forth about this for a long, long time um, over the last while, but I'm going to go with Project Hail Mary by Andy Weir. I have not stopped talking about this book since I listened to it back in February and this book could fall into so many of the categories that I'm actually, you know, that we are actually talking about tonight. So I'm going to go with it being my best fiction read. It was so different to what I normally pick up. It is sci-fi but it's like accessible sci-fi. It's really witty. It's a very dry wit. Mm -hmm. Mm-hmm. And there is, I can't, I can't really say much more without giving away some of the plot if you haven't read or listened to it. But basically it is about a guy who wakes up in space. He's on a spaceship. He is the only person alive on the ship. 
he has no memory of why he is there or what he's doing there and we kind of go on the journey with him as he's figuring out what he's doing in space basically and then how the how okay. it goes <laughs> it, it sounds crazy um the mar i don't know if you remember the martian that movie with matt damon yeah i've seen yeah. it i haven't um, read it it's yeah. the same author so same very similar vibe so kind of space it's a bit technical in parts okay. like it's a bit sciencey in parts but i enjoyed it so much like that i was like yeah grand whatever if there was something that was a bit too over my head i just let it go over my head you know yeah um so That's project hail mary yeah. there's a little a slight little bit of a little kind of a cult following <laughs> on there Instagram is, and I've moment. seen a lot of people go on about it and I I need to read it I feel like yeah. you know when you've just got and FOMO the thing is, I'm like I have it's to read not that going book. to be for everyone it isn't going to be for everyone I know one or two people mm. who've tried it and just went I don't I don't get it I don't I don't see the appeal um and that's fine that's absolutely fine but it's one that I just thought about so much it just it made me laugh it made me cry uh if i smile every time i think about this book and i think that's a great a great sign of a book absolutely yeah <laughs> so moving on then to non-fiction uh, a bit of a difference yes. uh, my non-fiction pick is say nothing by patrick radden keith so for anyone that doesn't know about this one it is centered around the troubles and it's kind of a an account of the troubles but it's centered around the kidnapping of Jean McConville and Radden Keefe kind of goes into a bit of detail well a bit of detail he goes into quite a lot of detail about you know the history but also like the the personal not necessarily personal to him as such but like the people you know aspect of it like it's it's much more than just a historical account um it's quite heavy on detail in fairness but it's still extremely readable and i would like to read more from him so i would um what would your non-fiction pick be um hands down it was bedsborough by dear Trinity. so for anyone that hasn't heard of it bedsborough is um a book where Dear Divinity interviewed three women who had been through the mother and baby home in Besbra. Um, all their their stories were just. I'm trying to find the right word for it. it. It was very interesting. It was very upsetting. It was refreshingly honest, and I think that it is something that is such a huge part of our history. And again, this was another tired mommy book club pick. But it it was just, I think it's just so important for people to read books like this because, like, take, and I was actually reflecting on this earlier when we were um, planning on recording today, but Take My Hand is fiction based on fact. And Besbra, it is a factual book. And I just think that they've really stuck with me because of the mistreatment of people and the injustice of how people were treated, particularly women and children to be fair in both accounts and they just I think that people would say that they're uncomfortable yeah um they don't think that they'd be able to read it but like I think Dear Affinity handled the stories and the the history in such a delicate way that it's it's so readable and it's so readable and the the people in these stories are so 
lovable and relatable like it's it's definitely one that just needs to be read um you'll cry but you'll also smile it's I, I can't find the right words to say why I loved it as much as what I did, but I just think that these women deserve for their voices to be heard. And as women, I think it's important that we advocate for those who had their voices taken away from them at one stage. So, yeah, pick it up. Have you read it? Yes. And actually, I feel like I should disclaimer at this point that I have started this book. I picked it up for the Tired Mammy book club as well. But I only managed to start reading it like a day or two before the meeting. And then I hadn't just finished in time for the meeting. Um, the author Definity was on and she was fantastic. I still I still went to the meeting because I was so interested in the topic. And I think I just haven't been in the headspace to pick it up. I absolutely want to finish it. And I think actually this week or next week I will pick it back up. And I think if I had finished it this book would fill in a lot of my book of the year 2022. Absolutely. Categories as well. So I I just feel like I need to disclaimer that because it is such a popular book for for good reason. And it's not that I have read it and didn't didn't feel that as well. I just haven't finished it. And I feel kind of bad about that, but I will get to it. No, I think that's fair. Like we did say that, I think in our first chapter that like if you're not in the headspace for a book, it's perfectly fine to put it down and come back to it yeah. and I I think as well yeah. I feel not that I feel bad saying that it was a favourite book and it's very hard to talk about this in the sense saying that I loved the book when the story behind it is perfectly factual I know what you mean and you know that these are real women telling their actual stories I think I think any reader yeah, will understand yeah, it's, it's, yeah. it's just difficult because it it was so well written but I couldn't put it down because I I just think that so many women have been through mother and baby homes in Ireland. And I think, I still think that we don't know the half of what went on, you know? No, I agree. Um, I it's agree. Something, I yeah. remember years ago going to see um, the Magdalene sisters with my mom in the cinema. And I remember quite, was it, was it the Magdalene sisters? Is that the name of the movie? I can't remember off the top of my head, but I know the one you're talking about. Yeah. Yeah. And I remember I was quite young and I remember crying my eyes out inside there. And like, I'm a very emotional person anyway, at the best of times, but it just, it, I find it so important that these stories are told. I agree. Yeah. So for the the next category we're looking at is the feel good book of the year. And I have narrowed that down to two. Um, The first one is Parenting Hell by Rob Beckett and Josh Widdicombe. And the other one that I've got there is Mammy Banter by Selena Terry. These are two books that I just could not stop laughing out loud to. I'd be walking around. I listened to Parenting Hell. I actually listened to the two of them. Um, And I, I thought that you know, people would think I was going off my game because I was just crying, laughing at the both of them for very different reasons. It just, it it was just so relatable. Even though like my child is very young, I just understood 
what it's what what everyone was getting at like how hard it is and how I think one was it Rob actually said in one part of it he was like you need to just get over the fact that you're not necessarily in a relationship anymore you're in a non-for-profit crash where the two of you are just <laughs> running it and trying to keep everybody alive and I was like gotcha yeah. <laughs> that makes so much sense and then Mammy Venter was just great crack as well you know again talking about parenthood and how it's difficult like I think Serena's book was more fiction. Um, yes, it was. It was just very funny because it just felt like such a real depiction of what it's like to be a mom. Um, her main character has three kids and just how she balanced being a mom with being her own person and being in a relationship. I just thought that it was all quite entertaining, to be honest. And I I just laughed out loud so much reading both of these books that I don't think I could narrow it down to just one. Yeah. What would be your one and why? Um, I have read Mammy Vanter as well, and it is hilarious. But the one that I picked, actually, it's two as well, but I have snuck it in as a, a duology. Um, the Bellinger Sister duology by Tessa Bailey. So that is Hook, Line and Sinker and It Happened One Summer. Opposite order. Um, so they were two of the first kind of romance books that I read this year. Well, I read them earlier in the year and it has set a serious grow for Tessa Bailey for me. Um, it is, so we'll say the first one, It Happened One Summer, is about... A, there's two sisters but it's about one of them Piper who is like this LA-ish girl but gets sent away this is the Westport in not Mayo book now um, Westport in, in America um, she gets sent away by her stepfather to basically like learn how to earn her own money and live her own life and ends up falling for this rugged fisherman while she is there um i put it in my feel good book books of the year because these books really got me into that genre but also they're just fun like they were just great fun like one of the big things i find with romance is that it's it's purely enjoyment like grand you know it, it can be emotional and Maybe you'll learn something from them as well, but that's not necessarily what they're designed for. It's to be enjoyed and to get swept up in the moment of what's happening, get swept up in the relationship that's going on in it. And I absolutely did with these two books. So I have a very, very fond place in my heart for these. And I think just if you're looking for something to enjoy that is, funny it's fun it's a bit spicy and it's there to be enjoyed and I absolutely did so they that would be my choice um our our next category then is a bit of a an about turn a in. Downer. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah um so heartbreaking book um so my one I thought about this because while I did read a, read a lot of emotional books but I think more so about the ones that like properly broke my heart over the last number of years. There was actually a lot of them in 2021. We'll say like Shogi Bane, you know, those kinds of books. And I, that's what immediately came to mind. And then when I went through the books I had read this year, I realized that The Colony by Audrey McGee, I read that maybe was it September, October mm. time. 
and it's heartbreaking and kind of uh in a couple of ways um it's about a community living off the west coast of ireland on an island and kind of i suppose the dwindling of the irish language and the dwindling of the culture on the island because of colonization and it's told through the eyes of a few different characters one of them being a young boy James who is living on the island as well and I suppose what is heartbreaking about it is just seeing the treatment of Irish people of Ireland by outside influences but also seeing the treatment of this boy who is so hopeful and he's so kind of gets swept up in what could be and then seeing what actually happens you know that for me was quite heartbreaking so I didn't realize that that was set in Ireland actually Oh yeah, 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 yeah. It, I don't know and why that's actually, I didn't realize that. Yeah, I think I think that's what actually makes it so heartbreaking. In that sense, like it's it's heartbreaking in a it would anger you kind of way. Um, a lot of it, actually, it is. Um, the audio of it is fabulous as well. That's one that I would recommend on audio, if you have the option. So Claire, for you, what is the book that stands out as the the heartbreaking one from twenty twenty two? For me, um, it's a bit of a no-brainer. It's Boys Don't Cry by Fiona Scarlett. So it tells the story of two brothers that are living in inner city Dublin. Um, Joe, who's the older brother, and Finn, who's the younger brother. Basically what happens is Finn falls quite ill and Joe kind of struggles to keep his faith in everything that he kind of believes in not even in a religious way but like he he really struggles with his place in society and how he's meant to behave like is he meant to fulfill a a legacy of falling in with the wrong crowd when that's not necessarily what he yeah what who he seemed to be at the beginning of the book like we we know that he is a very good artist and his teachers have quite an awful lot of faith in him academically and stuff. And just the fact that his brother gets quite sick, it just throws him off balance and he kind of wanders down the wrong path. But yeah, it was it was interesting. I didn't really know what to expect when I went into it. I tend to go into a lot of books blindly. Um so yeah, I did I found this this quite sad. Like you will need tissues for this one because it's just as a mom it's heartbreaking. Just it as is. a as a person with a heart in your body, it's a it's a very tough read. But it's it's written quite yeah, well. That's a yeah. brilliant book, actually. That was one of the ones that I read in twenty twenty one that was such mm. such an affecting book. But it yeah, that's a that is a no brainer in fairness if you have read it this year yeah and it's it's hard to talk about books that are so difficult to read in such a positive light if that makes sense so yeah you know it's something that deals with a very difficult topic but it's one that you enjoy because of how it makes you think even you know like does that make sense yeah it's not that i enjoy get, reading about difficult topics it. yeah you just take something and you mm. learn something from what you're reading and i think when a book makes you stop and question yourself and your beliefs and your values that to me is the signal of a of a good good read and that was definitely one of them for me this year yeah um 
Excellent. Our next category then is the most surprising read. And for me, I again have two. So the first one is Cinder, um, which I don't know if you've read it. It no. is like a dystopian version of Cinderella, which I had no I again went in blind. I had no idea what I was reading. And basically Cinder, who is like the dystopian version of Cinderella, is a cyborg. <laughs> I remember oh, reading wow, it right. like, what the hell is going on in this book? Yeah, Marissa Myers, I think, is, is the author. Um, I read it as a buddy read um, with Jen and I just, I had no no clue what I was facing into, but I was seriously hooked. It was just a book that I, another one now that I just couldn't put down. It it was just mad, um, but brilliantly written. It's a part of a series and yeah, it was a case that we finished cinder and we started the next book pretty much one day after the other because (laughs) we just wanted to know what happened next yeah so there's a couple of books in the series we didn't go any further than scarlet but um that's the second book but yeah it was just one that really made me you know i thought i was going into a more modern day version of cinderella not a futuristic (laughs) like yeah it was mad (laughs) And then the other one that I have there is Mad Honey, just for the topic of it. I did not expect what was coming at me whatsoever. Um, but again, two two extremely different books there now, I must say, but both ex- very enjoyable books as well. What was your most surprising read? So my one that I went with is one of these plague novels that I was talking about earlier. So I think it was actually the first mm-hmm. one, the first or second one that was picked for this year. And it's called The Doomsday Book by Connie Willis so it was written actually I checked it was written in 1992 or released in 1992 but it was set in Oxford in England like in a future from now you know um, it was set a good a bit in the future from 1992 itself so the idea is that okay. there is a group in Oxford University who specialise in time travel and one of their students, so it's it's kind of the history department. And what they do is they travel back to different eras in history to get more information like about back it. To the future. No. Not not like it's deliberately for like historical study. And one of their students Sorry, I've never watched Back to the Future. I don't know why I referred that. <laughs> back to the Future is brilliant. How have you never Oops. seen it? Uh, yeah. <laughs> No, let's um, skim over that piece of information, right? Sorry, keep going. <laughs> um, but yes, one of the students is going back to, is she supposed to be going back to like 1320s? Um, the 1320s to learn more about that era and history. But there is a mistake and she gets sent back about 20 years after, which is the time of the Black Death. And oh my God. Yes, and while she is after going back, so like pretty much at the same time that she gets sent back, Oxford goes into quarantine because there is a new strain of influenza and the whole city goes on lockdown and there's all this talk about people having to wear masks and they're trying to develop a vaccination for it and... That sounds a bit familiar. She, yeah, she can't come back from the era she's stuck in because all the people who are supposed to be helping her come back are after getting sick. Oh, wow. And she is left to her own devices trying to survive the Black Death. 
basically. So it was, it was one of those books that I, I kind of went into going, this could be awful in the sense, like not awfully written, but like, am I actually going to enjoy this? And thankfully I was in the headspace where I was okay with the parallels to current life. Um, there was a funny enough part where certain certain group of people from another country were visiting Oxford at the time and were very vocally against the restrictions that were being brought in and not wanting to do this, that and the other <laughs> to keep everyone safe. And it was quite, quite like really? <laughs> what certain, certain reactions were in modern times. Uh, but yeah, for me, that was the Doomsday Book. And if you are in the headspace for that kind of a book, I thought it was absolutely brilliant. It did the historical aspect of it excellently, but obviously there is quite a lot of gruesome stuff in it because of the era it's writing about. So just, I would say, keep that in mind. That's all. Isn't it crazy yeah. that a book that was written 20 years ago yeah. can accurately, almost accurately depict something of the modern day like is it just a case that history keeps on repeating itself yeah you know? like a like, certain amount of it I would say is kind of logical reaction to something like this you know like staying clean staying away from other mm. people isolating and whatever um but actually just randomly on that topic I saw a headline only in the last 24 hours about the amount of things that science fiction now that probably applies to writing and movies and stuff as well but that science fiction has predicted mm -hmm. You know that has come to be. That's that's crazy. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So there you go. Um. So they were our most surprising reads. So on to our favorite book club books then, from twenty twenty two. I'm going with a tired mammy book club choice because I'm not really involved in that many other book clubs, and the the one I'm going with for more reason than the book itself is Still Life by Louise Penny that was the first book that we read in 2022 with the Tired Memory Book Club and it is the first in a series so it was the first in the Inspector Gamache series and the reason I love this particular book so much is not necessarily the book itself because because it is a series the book does an awful lot of setting the tone for future books if you get me like introducing characters kind of laying down plot points that yeah. become more relevant in later books obviously there is still a plot to the book itself um which is that someone mm -hmm. has been killed in this small rural canadian community of three pines inspector gamache who is the head of homicide is brought in to solve the murder and then you get to meet all these amazing people from this community I do remember at the time reading it and there were certain characters that I was like, why are they like that? They are not very pleasant. I'm not sure I like this character. And, you know, things like that. But I have kept reading the series. I am currently on number, okay. is it 15 or mm. 16? 16, I think. And a few books in, you get to see why the characters are the way they are and why they are interacting with certain people. How many books are in the series? The newest one only came out in November and I think it's 17 or 18. 17, I think. Okay, because I've seen yourself yeah. and Circa talk an awful lot about these books and it's actually yes. on my 23 and 23 to read because I had bought it for the Tired Mammy Book Club pick 
in January of last year and I just didn't get around to reading it. Claire, Claire Orman books and Sarka Lower Lover are, have been championing it for so long. Um, championing that series and I'm so glad I stuck with it. Like Louise Penny is my top read author this year for this reason. I mm. didn't expect to get through the whole series to be fair by the end of the year and I, as I, I'm as i currently on one of the books but I, I picked that book as my favourite book club pick because there were so many books from the Tired Mammy book club that you could have put in but for the reason that it has introduced me to this amazing series. Like for the last four or five books I have cried at the end of each of them. Oh my yeah, god. Yeah, you get you get so attached to the characters. For, have you cried for good reasons? Good and both. Both. Yeah. You you can't help but feeling attached to the people, okay. attached to the areas describing. Um it is cr- now after coming out as a series on Amazon Prime, I'm sure. If you are interested, I would say read the books first though, because there is a slightly different vibe to the series, but it's still I have to watch most of it yet. Yeah. But that's that was my favorite book club pick. What about what about you? Yeah, I have to to keep with the the third mommy book club because I'm not in any other ones. But mine are both, um, again mentioning books that I've mentioned before. Take my hand in Besborough. They were the ones that stood out to me. I couldn't narrow it down to anything else. Excellent. Yeah, so moving on from that, then we decided to take a look at our best memoirs. Now, mine was Beyond the Wand by Tom Felton. Um, I grew up reading the Harry Potter books um, and I always felt that Tom Felton was a bit of a cheeky chap, which he actually is. His books at his book at the start based an awful lot on um Harry Potter, which the title would suggest, but I thought we were going to get an awful lot more of him as a person and stuff, which we do. We get snippets of it, but it's the ending of the book was the most important bit of this for me because it's after um his time in Harry Potter and we learn an awful lot about how his life has unfolded since and how he behaves and how without giving away too much, but just the road that it took him down and where he has ended up, I suppose. And I, I would follow him online and I would never have imagined him to lead the life that he described in the book, if that makes sense. Um, so yeah, it kind of, yeah, it stood. Yeah. Um, like I also read Matthew Perry's book. And I think everybody knows an awful lot about Matthew Perry. So you you can know what to expect when you're when you're reading a book by him to an extent again, because that was also a whirlwind of a book. But yeah, Tom Felton's one, I didn't know what I was going to meet in the sense of his personality and his life experience beyond the Harry Potter series. So yeah, that was my one. Um, okay, excellent. You? Yeah. Um, I would have to go with Dave Grohl, the storyteller. I would be a fan of the Foo Fighters in general. Uh, wouldn't be a super fan necessarily by any means. Um, have seen them play a couple of times. Slain being one of the, the most memorable ones. And Dave Grohl, it's a bit like actually you you saying about Tom Felton. Like Dave Grohl always seemed like such a like a nice kind of cheeky chappy in a way like but like he just seemed like such a sound Mm -hmm. guy and this memoir just backs that up now he because obviously he has such a varied background in terms of music like 
you know, I presume most people know, like, he was the drummer in Nirvana, and then Nirvana were no more, and he set up the Foo Fighters, but he's been involved in lots of different bands, and there has been so much in his life that I wasn't aware of, which is, which is fair enough, but, like, while some of it was quite tough going to read like we'll say certain parts of his background or his upbringing or things he had to go through kind of as he was kind of coming up in the world at no point does he come across as ungrateful or at no point does he talk down about anyone like there is no negativity in this book like unnecessary negativity in this book like he just I suppose underscored for me how much of a decent person he was like one of his bandmates passed away then last year as well and it wasn't that long after it that that happened and I just remember how much love he spoke about his bandmate bandmate with um and you could just you just knew Mm. from reading it you're like that is going to absolutely devastate him and especially when he had been through something relatively similar with Kurt Cobain you know many years ago um he he's had a hard time of it at times but this book is amazing and I listened to it and it's narrated by himself and oh my god the most soothing thing ever you could just listen to him all day fantastic yeah I've I've seen that an awful lot people recommending the book for many reasons I don't know anything about him or those bands, to be quite honest. So I wouldn't, <laughs> it wouldn't be one that I'd reach to, but reach for even. Yeah. But it, um, yeah, it's nice to hear of nice people, though, you know. That's like, it. I think That's in it. memoirs, sometimes people can, you know, it's nearly like a, a spill the tea type of a book. Yeah. Not so much, uh, this is, this is how lovely everyone is. Yeah. So it's nice to hear that people are, nice i suppose that's it yeah it really just underscored how decent he is um the nice guy in rock i think he's often described as so that's that's definitely the case and i mean he could he could absolutely have spilled the tea here i'm sure he has loads of stories and plenty of instances that he could have included and didn't for whatever reason Mm. but yeah a really nice yeah read and a really interesting one as well At this point, we're actually going to split this week's episode into two parts. At the beginning, we had promised you that you would not be listening to us speak for any longer than an hour, and we're not going to break that promise now. So tune in to the next part to hear the rest of our choices, plus some of what the listener favourites were, and some of our plans for the rest of 2023. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of Another Chapter Podcast. Don't forget to subscribe, like and share to keep the book conversation going. Thank you to Helen Becerra for the graphics, Mark Neville for the mixing and to each of our contributors. Music is Make It Work by All Good Folks. Don't forget to follow along on Instagram at Another Chapter Podcast. We'll see you there.